0: Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So in this video today, I wanna talk about a market metric that in the past has been an excellent indicator, an excellent predictor of future economic weakness, and in many cases, a recession. And of course, I'm talking about the yield curve, okay? Real quick, what is a yield curve? You, you maybe have seen this term thrown around in the past. The yield curve refers to the difference in yields in a given country's bond market. This would probably work for, for corporations as well, but oftentimes it's what people pay attention to is a country's bond market. So for instance, the U.S. Treasury bond market, okay? There's a difference in yield between you know all the different bond maturation dates, okay? And, and common sense would kind of dictate that the further you go out, the higher the yield is going to be, the two years going to be higher than the one-year bond. The ten years going to be higher than five. The, the thirty years going to be higher than the ten, et cetera, et cetera. Makes sense because when you have a longer dated bond, you're, you know, there, there's some downsides to that, right? There, there's more uncertainty surrounding that. You have to take into account possible future inflation. You're, you're you're tying up your money for a long period of time, and so, generally speaking, investors will demand a higher interest rate, a higher yield on longer dated bonds. And so you arrive with a something called a yield curve. Basically, as you go further and further out, there's a higher and higher interest rate and it makes a curve, okay? And a common metric of the, you know, maybe the most common difference that they use would be something like the 2-year and the 10-year. So for example, for the United States, the US Treasury bond market, um, the The current difference between the ten year and the two year yield is about thirty five basis points so point three five percent okay makes sense and and in the past, when that curve has gone flat, meaning that the two year and the ten year would be identical in yields it doesn't make sense to us but but that's what investors will often often do um out of fear out of out of you know hedging or you know that that's what you'd call a flat yield curve or it can actually become inverted where a 2-year yield is actually higher than a 10-year yield or 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 a 10-year is higher than a 30-year it sounds crazy but it happens and it's happened in the past and it's a pretty good predictor of a future recession okay so what am i talking about in this video today you know you can see it in the title global bond markets are flashing a warning signal at us right now, if you look at the yield curve for for major worldwide bond markets, you'll notice that none of them have really gone flat yet. They haven't inverted yet. You know, the closest, um, you know, kind of, kind of from this article, that I'm drawing some of this information from, would be. Uh, zero hedge article it would be japan okay japan's at like 17 basis points um, difference between their two-year and their 10-year okay u.s is around 35 so at this point they haven't gone flat they haven't inverted i mean the u.s yield curve has been getting flatter and flatter it hasn't inverted yet though however jp morgan and this is kind of get into to this article that i'll i'll, I'll post a link to this below in the description so you, so you can see some of these charts for yourself and everything um jp morgan has an index for that, that kind of measures the worldwide bond market okay and and of course this index they have well they have different baskets or buckets of of these different yield uh different maturation dates for, for these worldwide bonds, and so for instance, they have one from one to three year in terms of maturation. they have seven to ten year and and so they have all these different kind of index funds, whatever indexes, and you can basically drive a yield curve from this as well. okay. and so what this chart is showing from JP Morgan is that they spread the yield spread, the yield curve basically between the seven to ten year and the one to three year bucket or baskets of these um, of these bonds has gone flat. Okay? Um it's actually uh just barely I think in the negative or right around flat right now, okay? Why is this important? The last time the spread between these indexes did this was 2007, okay? Leading up to the financial crisis. Okay, that was the last time this happened. Now, you won't see it in other bond markets because of the way that J.P. Morgan weights their, their index. It, it, the article kind of explains exactly how it all works, um, but this is significant. Okay, um, and, and I think another th- important thing to keep in mind, not only is this signaling to us that a recession is likely in the future, Um, I think another thing that we have to keep in mind that just because the yield curve in in global bond markets, the official one, you know, the two spread between two and 10 year, which is what a lot of people look at, just because it's not flat or inverted yet, doesn't mean that it should be, okay? Because we have to remember that, you know, from, from 2008 going forward, the bond markets have operated in such ways they never have before because of quantitative easing, okay? Think about the U.S. Treasury bond market. I mean, yes, there's a lot of market participants. There's hedge funds and there's traders and there's international traders that, I'll talk a little bit later in this video, you know, countries like China, Japan, Etc., um, etc., cetera, et cetera, that get involved in, in buying and selling US Treasury bonds. But the big addition to the market since 2008 has been the Federal Reserve. Not to say that they didn't participate before, but quantitative easing made them massive buyers of bonds. And since they have become massive buyers of these bonds, they've been able to manipulate the yield curve. I mean, think about it they increased their balance sheet. From 2008 to 2000 whenever it was 13 14 15 um they increased it from something like uh 0.9 bill or sorry 0.9 trillion to around 4.5 trillion okay so they have trillions of dollars they've become the largest holder of u.s treasury bonds right largest single holder larger than um you know and and you know of that 3.6 trillion i think only some of it is bonds but still i'm I'm fairly certain they own more u s treasury bonds in China more than japan um and they can manipulate the market they have every reason to manipulate the market with these large uh bond holdings and and I do believe that they have done that and you know I, i've I've made some videos on that in the past and, and perhaps I will again in the future but they they have done that and and um They have every reason to manipulate the yield curve because, again, the yield curve in the past has been an excellent indicator for an economic recession. And so if they can manipulate that, they can manipulate public opinion, right? They can manipulate what analysts and traders are seeing happen in the market, okay? Now, this is all very important to understand. So basically, the big takeaway from what I've said thus far, JP Morgan, their bond, worldwide bond indexes are flashing recession signs okay they're you know the last time they were around this level was 2007 okay that's something to keep an eye on that is something to that that should alarm you right If, if if you're worried or or if you're looking for the the potential for a recession in the next year or two the other takeaway here is that yes global yield curves haven't flattened or inverted all the way yet but Central banks I believe and and probably other buyers as well have been manipulating the yield curve okay now the final thing that I want to talk about in this video today is is somewhat related it has to do with bond markets okay um, but a little bit different okay so it was revealed recently that Russia in April sold roughly half of their u.s treasury bond holdings okay something like 48 billion which sounds like a lot but but you know in terms of the largest holders of of u.s government debt russia's not really towards the top of the list but they did dump roughly half of it okay their their levels now are, are the lowest they've been since like 2008 or somewhere in that ballpark um and, and again, this happened in April, a period of time in which we saw treasury bond yields here in the United States go up um, significantly. And you actually saw this from some other governments as well. Um, you know, if you, uh, um, you, know, if you, if you kind of look at some of these statistics, uh, China um, sold off some of theirs. Japan sold off some of, uh, of their U.S. treasury bond holdings. Um, obviously, Russia. And, and you saw yields basically go up throughout the month of april now the the big takeaway from this yields went up roughly you know if we look at the u.s 10 year yields went up roughly 35 basis points so 0.35 percent which is pretty significant when you're talking about a market as large as the u.s treasury bonds okay Um, but russia only sold roughly 48 billion dollars of bonds again it sounds like a lot okay but when you compare that to a country like China, which currently owns well over a trillion dollars, so, so currently they, they own roughly $1,181 billion worth of U.S. Treasury bonds, You know, it, it, the, the question really has to be raised in and, and terms of this ongoing kind of trade dispute and, and economic war, whatever, currency war between the U.S. and China, the question has to be raised. Who has more leverage over the other economy, over the other country? I mean, obviously the U.S. is a huge buyer of Chinese goods. If the U.S. totally cut off trade with China, China's economy would be in a tough place for quite some time. U.S. would be as well, but but China would not be doing well. However, China has a lot of leverage over the U.S., quite literally, okay? They hold over a trillion dollars worth of U.S. treasury bonds, okay? And so if we see interest rates the the 10-year go up by 0.35 percent in one month due to roughly you know 48 billion dollars worth of selling from from the russian government and then some other selling from other governments what happens if china decides to sell 100 billion 200 billion 500 billion okay don't get me wrong there'd be some implications to their to their own reserves their their own markets their own uh currency okay but Think of what that would do to the United States. It would bring the United States to our knees. Okay, ultimately, what would have to happen there is is either a yields would go extremely high. We we'd have a recession in no time because interest rates would have risen so much, or the Federal Reserve would have to step in and become a buyer of those bonds, thus leading to to greater inflation and 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 all sorts of issues. Okay. China has a lot of leverage over the U.S. And and don't get me wrong, other countries do as well. Japan um, is the second largest holder of of U.S. treasury bonds. Uh, They have over a trillion dollars worth as well in in their last reporting. uh, obviously, I don't see China or, sorry, I don't see Japan as quite as much of a rival as, as you know, we would China, especially right now. But you know I think the motive is there and and, and you also have to keep in mind that these countries, whether it's you know when, when we're talking about foreign holders, if it's central banks or, or governments or even you know private investors, um, the, these are financial assets, okay? And if these financial assets are going to significantly drop off in price, there's an incentive for them to sell, okay? if if bond yields continue to rise the prices continue to drop or if inflation continues to rise but yields just don't keep up because the the fed starts up a buying program in the united states and and then you have tons of inflation a weakening dollar and and yields just aren't keeping up um again you have an incentive to sell okay so that's another thing to keep in mind in terms of these these global bond markets and who really has leverage over the united states um this this type of debt, you know, it's it's uh, you know a common refrain in in this piece of the the media, the alternative media, is is the idea of being a debt slave. Okay, and and usually they're referring to consumers being a debt slave either to the government or a private um, uh, corporation or whatever. But in many ways, the U.S. could be described as a debt slave to some of these countries because if they were to dump even you know just 10% of this debt onto the market um it would bring the us to their to our to our knees uh because of of the implications it would have on on interest rates and and everything in our you know uh, economy in one way or another is basically connected to interest rates. They're incredibly important. So, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this video down below in the comment section. If you haven't already, I'd very much appreciate it if you subscribe to my channel. I think you'll get many, many more educational videos like this in the future. Um, and and obviously, I, I'm very thankful for any of that support that you can give to me. Otherwise, commenting, liking this video, those things help me out as well. But, but first and foremost, I'm thankful for you guys for watching this video in the first place. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart and God bless.